0: You might uh, find some of this story familiar. You'll see it again today if you haven't already. But wanted to um, share about my experience last week. I got to spend a lot of time uh, with my children in a car. (laughs) We logged some serious windshield time. We drove to Texas and back. Somehow it always manages to take a little bit longer than Google Maps says it's going to. But we're a road trip family. We've trained for this since they were very, very small. We've done road trips. So so they've learned over time. They pace themselves for the trip with entertainment, with activities. They'll do an hour of reading. They'll do an hour of coloring. They'll do an hour of staring out the window. (laughs) They'll do some Mad Libs along the way. And then they're allowed to have screen time after it gets dark and they can't do any of those other things. No screens until it's dark. We're basically professionals at this. Except, somehow, and maybe you've experienced this when traveling with smaller friends, <laughs> no matter what the length of the trip is, any time we're traveling, whether it's two hours, whether it's ten hours, the last 27 minutes of it invariably devolves into chaos and hysteria. This capsule of steel we inhabit that's hurtling down the interstate at 70 miles per hour contains all the pent-up energy of two young men who have eaten too much junk food and need to move their bodies. They have turned into whirling dervishes, but they are constrained by seatbelts. The engine is not the only thing barely containing combustion. All the crayons suddenly disseminate into every crack and crevice of the back seat. Drinks are spilled, bags are dumped out entirely onto the floor, names are called, brother-slapping ensues, nonsense sounds emanate from both children, and madness reigns in the Subaru. They can only wait so long. Their patience has come to an end. Frankly, so has mine. (laughs) The destination is just ahead. We're almost there. And yet, the anticipation and the waiting can sometimes drive us absolutely bonkers. We revolt. Children may not hide it as well as adults, but we all want to just be there already. This coming Sunday marks the beginning of a season of waiting and anticipation for us as Christians. Advent is the time when the Christian calendar carves out a space that strains against the momentum of the world around us. It begs us, it gives us time to ponder, to long for, to grow eager and excited for the nearness of Christ in our world. These are the weeks of the reading and the coloring and the staring out the window, paying attention to this world that God so loves, so that we might better notice when Christ enters into the quiet moments and the hurting hearts. We all want to get to the destination. We cannot wait for Christmas, but that's exactly what Advent asks us to do. Because the wait matters The waiting is where the stories live. When we think about so many of our stories in Scripture, we find the lessons in the times of waiting. Think about the Israelites in the Exodus story. We did a series on Moses not too long ago. What's the thing everyone knows about the people of Israel in that part of the Bible? Like, yes, they eventually got to the Promised Land, but most of the book of Exodus unfolds where? In the desert, in the wilderness, in their time in between. In the waiting was where they discovered or perhaps remembered who they were as a people, as the people of God. It's where they forged their new identity together. They established how they were going to live with God, how they were going to live with one another. Waiting is not idle time. Waiting is the time that determines how and who we're going to be. In the stories that we preach during Advent, we find waiting again and again. Zechariah and Elizabeth might be familiar names to you. They were both descendants of the priestly line. They are relatives of the soon-to-be Jesus. And they've waited their whole lives as faithful people for God to break into the world and save it. They had also waited, presumably, for many years for a child. That dream was never fulfilled, as they could not bear children. And we meet them in the first chapter of Luke. Older, world-weary, maybe a little bit hardened by life at this point, but diligent still and faithful in what God has asked of them. And Zechariah, fulfilling his rotation as a priest in the temple one day, going through the rituals, the prayers that have shaped him in all his waiting, this is what he does. The waiting was his life. The continual guiding of people towards hope in spite of everything that could cause despair. And then, when God breaks into his ordinary day at work, tells him Elizabeth will bear a son... John, the second cousin to Jesus, he responds in disbelief. And then what? He gets to wait some more. Nine months, to be exact. Joseph has his own reckoning in the waiting, the time of waiting. He discovers who he is in a period of time when he had several viable options of what he could do. What to do with his betrothed who has suddenly turned up pregnant He doesn't figure that out when the baby comes. He figures it out in the waiting. The waiting matters. It's where we are formed. It's what makes up the vast majority of the journey. It's what we remember. Looking back on a road trip... My kids never remember the last 27 minutes, (laughs) the part where the waiting breaks down. They remember the draw battles, their coloring contests that they have. They remember the silly songs they made up together. They remember the movies they watched along the way. They remember the cow game their uncle taught them. As we begin the Advent season together in this coming week, I know your calendars may already be filling up, Christmas parties, family traditions, to-do lists, shopping, concerts, programs. Mine is full. But I pray that we will live some stories in the waiting. That the longing for Christ might become just as important to us as Christmas itself. The wait of Advent might just be the Christmas gift. Will you pray with me? O Emmanuel, God with us, truly in this Advent season we celebrate that you are not hidden in some faraway cloud, but you chose to be with us in the blur and mystery and waiting of our lives. In the midst of lists and rush, you are with us as a song that echoes in our minds. As the light of a candle, as a card from a friend, they are signs of your presence. We turn to you in this season and we pray that you would birth joy and healing, blessing and hope in us. Let something wonderful begin in us, something surprising and holy May your hand be upon us, let your love fill us, let your joy overwhelm us, and let our longing for you be met on a coming holy night. Emmanuel with us once again. Amen.